You are listening to Abnormal Spaces. I'm Donnie. I'm Ryan. In this podcast, we discuss conceptual realities, the researchers, authors, and explorers who describe and define them, as well as our personal experiences in these abnormal spaces. In this episode, we discuss healing frequencies utilizing light and or sound, the Lakofsky multi-wave oscillator and its proven efficacy, experiments and manipulations of physical objects using specific audio tones, and much more. We're uh, conserving our juice uh, here today. Right. Okay. We've been saving up the juice for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking out this uh, YouTube video, and it was talking about the uh, multi-wave oscillator that Lukoski, uh developed. And, you know, I knew some of what you had told me about it, and so I, I learned a little bit of, about it that way. What I didn't realize, I don't know if it was his father or stepfather, but... um he had quadriplegia and he went in, he's in the hospital. He goes in there, um, every day for four weeks straight and he has a smaller device. He had, he had made a device that he could actually carry and, and move in there. And so he, he worked up and down his spine on all these different points. And he did that for a couple of hours. And then the remaining like two hours of the treatment was all light waves and different um, frequencies, so different colors of light. And in doing that in combination, within six weeks, he was walking out of the hospital. It was on crutches, but I mean, he wasn't able to use any of his limbs at all before this. And it, it blows my mind because there's an official medical record of this, but all they put was, huh, remarkably, uh, the patient exhibited um, total, um, I, I can't remember the exact phraseology. Yeah, 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 but it was like, yeah, it happened. And that was it. It was literally like one sentence. Of course. And, right, and like, they didn't know how to explain it, but they weren't going to even try. No, they didn't want to elaborate. Right. They were like, oh, maybe this was just a lucky deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe we just lucked out. It was a one-time deal. Yeah. Or like they um, kind of delude themselves like, well, maybe it wasn't really quadriplegia. You know, maybe it wasn't what we thought it was. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, well, in, in behavior psychology, behavioral psychology, they've been able to test and replicate and demonstrate that people, if they have some kind of cognitive dissonance, like they expected this outcome and they got this other outcome, they work to reduce that dissonance by essentially lying to themselves. So, well, we must have gotten that first part wrong or whatever. And so 
that just occurs naturally. When you add, you know, money to it, then of course, then you're going to force that to happen. Yeah. And, you know. Okay, so this this is the coolest. So, uh, talking about sound and energy and vibration, there was this um, Swedish researcher that went to Tibet, and he was so concerned about self delusion and maybe being part of some like mass hypnosis or something that he filmed this on several different occasions. And when it was discovered, the films were destroyed. But essentially, these, I guess, Tibetan monks, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, you know, what their role was. But anyway, there was a cliff 250 meters high. You, you already know the story. And they have the bowl, and then they have the drums and the trumpets, yep. and they levitate the rock. Yeah. And, like, why would you destroy that? Why would you destroy that? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say the... The famous catchphrase of this entire podcast, which is Dolores Cannon. Right. <laughs> uh, I just literally yesterday heard that. There was a lot of information about um, sound, frequency, and harmonic information. A lot of it is like kind of not as we know it. But if the Tibetan thing happened, which I, I know that it did. There's too many stories. Right. You know, and they levitate shit with sound right now. Right. Yes. Like, I mean, there's little videos of them, like, you know, those yeah. little things. Have you seen those? Yeah. And the, the plexiglass cube where the guy made the, the ball. And what was crazy is the ball not only levitated, but then they were able to spin it different directions. Right. So it's the same principle as, yeah. as everything. Yeah. They just tapped into whatever the mass of whatever they're trying to work with is. Right. Which is insane. The top of my list of fascination is finding the resonant frequency of things. Yeah. I mean, it's over at that point. Right. Because yeah. once you find the frequency, you can either destroy the thing or you can manipulate it. Yeah. You can manipulate it. You can reorder it. You know, if it's broken or damaged in some way or whatever, just reorder it so now it's fixed. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not like, well, you can destroy it. <laughs> I don't mean like that. I mean, like, well, a lot of people think that. But, right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, like in the case of like a cancer cell or yeah. something like that or a bridge. Right. You know, that, that happened naturally. Yes. Yeah. And that was a resonance thing. Yeah. Which is insane to me that the resonance was found naturally. Yeah. Are you talking about the Tacoma Narrows bridge? Yeah. Yeah. Because the valley trapped the sound in a way. And, uh, yeah. And that's the story anyway. Oh, right. I, don't, I wonder, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And, and typically, you know, the simplest answer is the correct answer nine times out of 10. But yeah, like, you know, why destroy that bridge unless it was just to prove that you can, you know, like maybe it's a proof of concept thing. I remember reading when Tesla invented the uh, that oscillator, mm -hmm. the mechanical oscillator, and he tapped into the the frequency of the building he was in, and it literally shook that building apart, and it was shaking other buildings apart within the vicinity of the neighborhood, yeah. like like bricks were crumbling and stuff. 
and like uh, he destroyed it right on the spot because he was just like holy, probably like holy shit, like yeah. okay, you know. Yeah, well, and like you know, it wasn't his intention to destroy it, but right. like then he learned, oh, you can do this. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he essentially did that with the whole Earth. Yeah, you know, he he knew what the resonant frequency of the earth was and that was his whole thing was to provide free energy yeah well and that that's communication. a that's a really frustrating thing that that tower that had he had begun construction on mm -hmm. and then as he was getting closer and as he was like demonstrating that it would work all the investors pulled out oh, it was jp morgan man yeah because yeah. uh, he was in yeah. with edison and he was like yeah it, yeah is all money yeah yeah, those uh, once yeah. again. Once again, <laughs> we're get. I think we're getting close to a point of no return, though. I, I really think like the information is so unavoidable because it's so like. On one hand, you have total misinformation mixed in with all the information. Yeah. So it's like everybody has a voice, so nobody has a voice. Right. And they, and it's like they, I keep saying they, but the pullers of the strings, mm -hmm. they know this. Yeah. It, to them, it's just like a game that they've perfected. Right. So they're like, oh, no, we'll just leave it up to them because we'll give them this fancy little toy here. Yeah. Check this out. Now everybody's important. Right. And so nobody knows what's true. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, since everyone is special, no one is special. And right. yeah, all the uh, seeking to discredit good information that might harm the pullers of the levers you know for a long time um governments or wealthy people or both would counter information in different ways and now they just flood a bunch of misinformation so that people are too too confused too you know and they they can't make sense of it all yeah, most, most people don't dig right yeah. yeah well and and you're taught to second guess yourself you know because you're like oh chakras i don't know or, yeah yeah that sounds and i even do it sometimes like that's a little woo woo i don't know about that yeah but i mean i'm excitedly thinking about a, a bunch of different things but yeah i am too <laughs> real, real, real quick back to the um uh, uh Tesla shaking the building apart. There's this ancient rock formation in Saudi Arabia. It's these two big rocks, and they're like almost cubes. And there is a line. There, they are separated. I don't know how many you know feet apart they are, but it is a perfect straight line. And then these things are actually sitting upon small rocks. Uh, they're pillars or whatever, and they don't touch. And it's so precise, it looks like a laser cut it. But there's no reason to believe that a laser cut it. It is far more likely the case that it was a use of sound and vibration and resonant energy that, that caused that to split the way it did. It's wild that we like come in blazing about this kind of stuff. You start talking about this because most of what I listened to in the Dolores Cannon book yesterday was like was this oh really yeah it, it was talking about like uh the atlanteans crystal was their main thing but they're but they could use their mind and focus their mind so laser-like that like if you got more than one person trying to do something you know to whatever that they could do it yeah um i mean i i don't i'm not saying this is a fact none of this is a fact i mean a lot of it's factual but i mean i can't prove any of it so right so we're just going to keep talking. Yeah. Um, 
So the person was like, I'm in a room and uh, it looks like it's made out of like, uh, there's lots of, there, there's a, a ton of crystals everywhere. And the walls are made of like a stone, but it's like a malleable stone. It's almost mm-hmm. like, a, like a clay or something that's wet-ish. Yeah. And so the information that came out was that they would focus in on a stone or whatever it is, and they would make it malleable to the point where it was kind of clay-like. And then they would form that into the shape that they wanted, and then it would would harden back into stone. That's crazy. So because they knew the resonant frequency of of whatever it is they were working with. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, Tesla was really fascinated with quartz and crystals and the yeah. crystal structure. And he believed that they were, that crystal was alive, like quartz crystal. Oh, that's what they said. Yeah, they yeah. said. And that makes, that totally ties into that. It totally makes sense. Yeah. And they also said, though, that crystals actually degrade the energy a little bit. Mm. Like, so they, they dirty it. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, at, at at some point, they they weren't even really using crystals because the uh, there was a much more direct way of just mind inter- interfacing, you know. But uh, they used crystals as like storage devices, and, yeah, and power devices and light devices, and you know, like they had these stones. There were spheres, and they said that uh, they were crystals. They look like rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found these in archaeological digs. And they look just look like perfectly spherical rocks, but those are crystals, and those were lights. Ah. And so, and and they were like, yeah, in the homes there would just be these little pedestals, like where you would sit a candle or something. Yeah. And they would have all these little spherical things, and they were passed down, apparently, to generations on down, like Egypt. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It was, uh, but it was, but they even guarded that secret like pretty highly for the few families that had some of those technologies, you know. Yeah. was a um there was a japanese researcher who um worked with water and yeah i saw yeah forming ice crystals in a Mm -hmm. specific pattern and then using that reordered or reorganized water as a healing uh water and like it makes sense because back to just you know sound frequency you know the all of the cymatics and the table with the sand on it to generate the pattern or to to illustrate the pattern really that ties beautifully in with the ordering of the water and the crystalline shape of the water and that all ties into how the space within a molecule how there's like there's more there's more nothing than there is something um, within every molecule. Well, that, yeah, there's all nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. all nothing, basically. Literally. And, and so it's it's just it's mind blowing to me that at one point there was probably a civilization like Atlantis or, or or dozens of others that have been talked about in the fringes that knew this, were able to use this. You know, there is an argument to be made for people living a lot longer. And, you know, we think, well, all the modern pollution and all these things. And, yeah, that probably does factor into it. But 
if you have, you know, 12 or 20 people in your tribe or in your group that are all chanting and, you know, using crystals and bowls and, you know, all of the things to correctly, uh, correctly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, when you think about that too, like how most ancient religions in their prayers and songs had chants that they would do over and over again. And just by having the whole group, it just, it, it again, it's an amplification type thing or, um, um, I guess an amplitudinal, <laughs> I don't, I don't know the exact word to use, but you know, just by focusing it all together, it just makes it more powerful yeah. because you're ordering that energy in that specific pattern. Yeah. I mean, it's even in that, what I was listening to, uh, there's so much information that pertains to what we're talking about right now. That it's, I'm like, God, I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. You know, we, we distill this down every single episode, but it's just getting it through our thick skulls that everything is energy. Yeah. None of this is, is solid. And our belief systems are so concrete that it makes this concrete. Right. Yes. You know, and we're like, well, that's impossible. Or if something happens, like, well, I mean, that's, there's no way. Right. Or, you know, because like, how, how would you break apart a, a stone and then form it into something else with sound or or how would you and you're like because sound is energy and the stone is energy and it's just all energy it, like and yeah. so it's not magic right that's the thing is like it, w once your brain starts working in a way where you're like things aren't things it's just all waves right yes yeah well and the one of the reasons everything seems so concrete to us is because we can't see the nothing I th right. I think that if there was a way that we could actually perceive uh, and quantify the nothing, then it would make so much more sense how none of this is actually tangible or real or whatever. Which is a hilarious sort of statement. Like, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I, I watched that. I um. What do we watch? Uh, oh, we were watching um <clears throat> something on Netflix. It was the something with Stephen Greer. Like oh, it, the Ancient Apocalypse or something. Or? Well, yeah, it, it was like one of his newer things. And you know, I mean, I love that dude. Like he's he's really on a mission, and he's he's doing some really cool stuff, and he's really gotten in pretty good to show you that the government doesn't know anything right yeah. like like well the the quote you know what we're shown government doesn't they're they're just as clueless as we are oh you know? yeah which uh is pretty wild yes um but i don't like to go into all that so um but what is interesting is that um i totally lost what i was going to say and now we pause for a word from our sponsors <laughs> For me personally, this is a rediscovery of energy. Everything is just one thing, and it, and all these vibrations are signatures, sort of. I yeah. mean, if you want to put it like that. Yeah, yeah. And so whenever you have a vibration of two hertz, and then you blast a vibration of two hertz, something's going to happen. Right. And that's been proven over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. To the point of like, 
why are we still here? And I know right. why we're still here. Right, yeah. But, but like, it's just, it's a reorienting of your thinking. And, and which is even wilder because thinking, it's faster than light. It's, yeah. it's the fastest thing that is known. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's wild to me too that, um, there's, there's evidence to suggest that ancient civilizations were able to communicate telepathically. And there's no reason to believe that they couldn't. I guess the only reason to believe that they couldn't is that, one, we don't have a way to prove it, and two, we can't do it right now. So we're like, well, that probably didn't happen, or, you know, that's a mistranslation of something or whatever. But it does make sense when you think about all the, the, all of the thoughts are, are electrical impulses and frequency waves anyway. So... Maybe you had to put a little crystal on your forehead and the other person had to put one on their forehead or what. I'm not sure how it worked, but there's a way that they were able to beam those thoughts into the other person's head. And then if you get a group of people doing it and they sit in a pattern or stand in a pattern or whatever it is, I mean, why wouldn't they be able to? There's a lot that plays into it. You know, there's I mean, and it's all the same stuff. Like when you talk about cymatics. That's basically geometry. Yes. You know, geometry made by sound. Right. Yes. So that that's proof already. Yeah. You just created a complex, very complex shape. Yes. By taking a bow on a plate. Right. And sprinkling sand on it going, <laughs> and then it forms like something that looks like it came from outer space. Yeah, and a repeating pattern. Exactly. Because I bet if you had a, you know, the size of a football field, it would be the same pattern, just bigger. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's nuts to me. Back to the cymatics thing, like... I don't know why that isn't proof enough. I don't know why people can't look at that and go, huh, there's something to this. And then you look at um, patterns that repeat in nature uh, and, you know, back to ice crystals, for example. Here are these geometric patterns and they come up over and over again in different ways. And you can say, okay, the pattern is the thing. But most people will go, no, 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 what created the pattern? That's the thing. And that comes back to vibration. That comes back to energy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. This is going to get really repetitive. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's going to be like, well, there's these two dudes, and then they talk about all this crazy stuff real fast, and then they're like, oh, wait, it's all energy. It's all energy. And then they just go to sleep, and the song comes on, and then... this weird <laughs> yeah this is what, we don't know what that is yeah uh, who cares who cares um it's it's just it's really interesting and i look at it like okay well that's all fine like you know you you get there but then it starts really being about an inward sort of journey for mm-hmm. yourself like yeah. like taking a and i can't believe i said journey but um a looking inside of your own existence to answer your own questions and figure it out and it's always been that but we're so uh, indoctrinated into like looking outside of us 
right for help yeah and i still you know like that's i have like a thousand weird uh devices and i but it's just my interest yeah yeah and it's like the, those cassette tapes that i you know like we just got into playing cassettes backwards and stuff so i'm like ooh, i need some old asian like i don't know if they're like workout tapes or they're like just old like tv <laughs> i don't know what they are but anyway so it's like if i believe everything that i'm that i say which i i don't even have to believe it like right um then i contain everything right if i want to heal things or i want things to be away or i want my life to go a certain way or i want whatever it is it's just my thoughts. Yeah. And that sounds insane, even more insane. It does. Or, or like the whole speaking with intention or when you speak and those waves travel, the intention that's in there, that's encoded in there is also energy itself. And that sounds like cuckoo land to, you know, the vast majority of people, but it's absolutely true well yeah well they call it prayer or right. they call it what well, you know ch like yes yeah but it's all the same thing you wouldn't have so much of the same thing in different envelopes right if it wasn't real that and across millennia across geographic uh vast differences that you know three thousand years ago how would someone have traveled, you know, from the tip of South Africa to, you know, the tip of Finland? Like, it just, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Back to this Dolores Cannon book that I was listening to yesterday. They were talking about how, like, myths and traditions got started. Uh, and, like, the Arabian Nights, how mm. they're flying on the carpets and everything. Mm. They were talking about, you know, when I say they, the subconscious of whoever she had under... A hypnosis was going off about like, oh, yeah, there were humans and it was at the same sort of time, the Atlantis sort of time, whenever, whenever the it was like the spark of being able to use your mind for creation mm -hmm. and and seeing immediate results, you know, yeah. physically quote. Yeah, um, yeah. So they were talking about they see this guy and he's, uh, you know, he can levitate and they're like, oh, they use horses and um, traditional means to just get from place to place usually. But if they have to go from one continent to another, they they use or they have to transport something. They'll use something that looks like a big rug or a carpet and they'll put the thing on the carpet and they'll be on the carpet and they would just use their mind and, and like levitate and go. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's where the flying carpet came from. They're like, yeah, yes, that's. You know, and it sounds insane. Yeah. That sounds absolutely right. like we should just turn it, everything off. Right <laughs> just be like, uh, you know? Yeah, like like people should come in with the straight jackets for us and be like, yeah, that's enough. But um, like centaurs, mermaid, like all of that stuff, like there's stories to all of that. And, and it's all because we don't, like you said, we don't have proof. Right. And last thing. You said if we could measure nothing or the source or whatever it is, yeah. then everything would just be like, oh, of course. Right. That was the Stephen Greer thing. Oh, really? They were trying to, or like scientists are trying to measure 
nothing. And I was cracking up so hard because I was like, what are they going to do if they find nothing? Right. Oh, that's going to be something then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like, yeah, uh, it just it, cracked me up. It, it's true. And like, and it, it's hard to, to explain in a way that makes sense. And, and, you know, and you can, you can demonstrate all of these other things, but at the end of the day, conceptualizing nothing and then measuring nothing sounds preposterous. <laughs> it just sounds, well, it, 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 is. it really is. But, it, but also though, that that's one of the keys, I think, to like really grasping this or using, or I wouldn't call it nothing anymore. I, w- I would just call it whatever the finest, uh, what they call it dark matter, zero point, whatever yeah, it is, antimatter, yeah. whatever you want to call it, that is still a thing, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's the f- it's the finest thing, you know. I would say that thought is the finest thing. I would say that thought is directly antimatter. Probably, yeah. I mean, because there's no time involved in it in thinking. Yeah. There's no, it seems like because of how we look at thinking or per, how we perceive thinking, it seems like it comes in from our mind. We like, we have a story like there's a mind container <laughs> and then from the mind comes the th- thought. I can see it like just going, right. and then it's in my head and then it goes back or it goes wherever. Yeah. And that's all total crap. Right. You know, it's just like there's no time. Right. And then there's thought. And then it's not. That's it. Like, you know, from um, from early, early ages, everyone is taught, you know, time is linear. And that, that was yesterday. And this is going to be tomorrow. And and because of that, it is very difficult to conceptualize it any other way. Right. And because of that, then it's hard to conceptualize how a thought began in the first place and how it percolated up you know, uh, through the whatever. Um, yeah. Cause it has to be up through the whatever. Right. I mean, it's just the trappings of, of, yeah, it's, it's the language and the limitations of language and human, uh, how we've been raised. Yes. Uh, you know, well, and, and we, we haven't been taught to look at the world in this way. So right. this just seems so cuckoo. Right. And, you know, it's a, it's a disservice. Um, of course, <laughs> it's it's a very effective oh, service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guarantee there's uh, there are many people who really know how to utilize uh, things. Yeah. And, uh, I stumbled upon uh, this device. I don't even remember how I stumbled upon it. Actually, like I have so much crazy stuff on my my Instagram feed that kind of pops up. Yeah. That sometimes I'll just follow it and I'll be like, oh, that looks weird. Yeah. And sometimes, most of the times, it's bull. Uh, I mean, that I think I'm like, I'm not going to go any further with that. You know? Yeah. And then sometimes, like, you know, this this thing, like, I kept going deeper and deeper on it. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's really, like, science has uh, really 
studied this, and it's a thing. So it's uh, the the terahertz frequency gap, basically, and um, it's in between microwaves and far infrared. So there's a gap where where you know if you look at like we talk about vibration and um, cycles per second is how everything that we talk about in frequency, that's how it works. So like however many times this thing vibrates either back and forth or on and off per second is the frequency of it. So this is from like two to 10 trillion oscillations per second. That's a lot. So I don't even know, like, I mean, yeah, you can't wrap yeah, wrap your mind around right. that. And I don't even know, like, how. But it's wild because, you know, microwaves are pretty quick. And right. far infrared is pretty quick. You yeah. know, so, like, it. I mean, it's it's quicker than terahertz. Yeah. So, um, but it, what's interesting about the terahertz, what they call a gap, is that all biological cells, DNA, all of it resonates within that gap um, beneficially. Mm. So um, when you're talking about Lakovsky, so his machine was kind of working up into the gigahertz uh, that they know about. And it's probably higher because of harmonics and stuff. Yeah. They got up into the terahertz probably. But his device was governed by the spark gap. Mm. And so the spark gap by itself includes apparently all frequencies and all harmonics my my buddy mike told me that and he was a genius guy just absolute genius of electronics and physics and just crazy stuff and he built a lot of stuff for me um but i asked him about a spark one day because i wanted him to build some of this tesla stuff i wanted him to build a multiple wave oscillator yeah and he what he didn't care about it yeah he wanted to build preamps yeah <laughs> you know yeah which is cool yeah um but he's just like i mean spark gap is just it cre- it, it's everything it's like he was like uh there's no it's, it has all the harmonics and and all of the frequencies in that are in the gap cool. and it makes a lot of sense yeah. because tesla used the spark gap yeah so they use the spark gap and then they use the antenna as a way to step that spark to funnel that that frequency into the quote physical dimensions of an antenna uh that make it live in a certain area of the spectrum okay right yeah so like say i wanted to live you know like in the megahertz well then i would figure out what my antenna needs to be to sort of live there mm-hmm. And, um, and then the, because of how the antenna was made, uh, and I'm not going to get too technical about this, you know, it, it basically it creates harmonics and the harmonics and the harmonics and, and that's what goes way up into the spectrum. I know? see. Okay. So this is the same thing, only it's much more focused. It's the, I don't know how they've done it, but yeah. they're like, okay, here's the gap. And now they have a device, uh, which I think it was like 10 plus years ago when they really started honing in on this and doing tests and things. Um, but you know, they were, they were testing and they created a, a device and I think it was like $500,000 or yeah. it might have even been more, you know, yeah. but this was only like maybe 
five or six years ago when they made that. And then, you know, I, I got this thing this year, a few months ago. So now it's like 380 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. they really moved fast on uh, yeah. how to get that down, you know. Yeah. Uh, apparently the U.S., Russia, China were all kind of working with this technology and, and kind of like studying it. And mm. they still are studying it for like communications and, uh, apparently 6G is like going to be up in the terahertz band, which is wild. Yeah. For, um, the health of everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you Sh- know, should be better. Should be. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but so this is like a, it, it's like a blower. It's like a, uh, it, it looks like a kind of like a hairdryer, but like a straight. <laughs> yeah. You know, it blows hot air, um, through a quartz, a modified quartz crystal tube with, uh, other rare earth elements in there to create um, these these terahertz waves that actually come out of the end of this thing. You know, penetrates through most everything about eight to twelve inches, and it is most effectively utilized by water. Mm. So water water absorbs these waves, and that's why it works so well on biological life um because we're all water yeah so even just like uh there's a lot to go into it but um you know there's a certain company that kind of like got all the patents did all jumped through all the hoops in china made the device um i don't want to like really i'm not trying to plug any anybody but but you know prife it's the first one i heard about and it's the one that everybody's like okay there are the ones but i mean i'm sure there are other companies and you know i've heard that and everything but um but yeah so uh you can charge your water with it uh when you charge this water it um is supposed to structure it linearly like um in which i don't like some of the technical stuff on this i don't really understand a lot of it but it's for hydration immediate hydration of the cells and of the tissue mm. inside and you can actually tell if if you know i give you a glass of this spring water to drink and i'm going to do that for you yeah and then uh you'll taste that i'm not even going to tell you what you, you right know, i yeah. want you to draw your own thing yeah yeah uh, it's interesting yeah you'll be like whoa yeah <clears throat> isn't uh there's it's got a blue light in it right yeah yeah so like that's one thing that's uh, really fascinating to me just um on like a on a physics level or something but the you know s- when when the frequency of sound changes it changes the pitch it changes how we hear it when the frequency of light changes it changes the color and one really neat thing about the two to me is that when light encounters what we think of as a solid object, um, it slows down. When sound hits a solid object, it usually um, speeds up, or not necessarily speeds up so that it would change the pitch, but it uh, it can amplify it. It does kind of the, the opposite uh, of what light does. So, you know, I'm thinking about like the optimal frequency for each person. And then there's got to be a corresponding optimal light frequency as well. You know, a a specific color and, you know, you people talk about auras and stuff like that. And there has to be some kind of um, correlation between those two. 
Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about the the visible light spectrum, it's the rainbow. Right. And, you know, this this is left probably to another episode, but there was a, a uh, guy named Dinshaw. Have you heard of him? Mm-mm. Spectrochrome. Oh, okay. I've heard of Spectrochrome. Okay, so okay. Spectrochrome, I, I have it. Uh, and I have a book on it too. It's a, I, remind me, I'll give it to you, and you can just look it over. It's it is the wildest shit. Awesome. Um, so it, he basically used he built a machine that was, um, like a box with a slit in it, mm-hmm. uh, where you where your eyes you, you just would sit in front of this box, and inside there would be different color um, uh, glass sort of, not gels but like the equivalent of gels mm-hmm. that he made of these colors like yellow green like right mm-hmm. and he studied it to a point where he knew what each one of these lights did in succession to each other mm. for different types of illnesses oh, okay and things that people would come in about yeah and so you would sit in front of this box and this light would just basically be shining into your eyes and you would just like kind of sit there and go all weird and meditate Yeah. And um, then it would change. According, he would change them accordingly, like for mm. whatever you're uh, – and it's low light. Yeah. It's not even bright light. So yeah. like um, – so this, this thing that I got, it, it's from the Dinshaw Institute and they, they created specific gels to go over an incandescent oh. light bulb with, with a um, – you know, you can get one of those. I got one of those like stage light things. Yeah. And then where you can put the gel in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And it's just, uh, and that book tells you how to do it. And it's, uh, I, I can't say that I've like spent a whole lot of time. I got into it like years ago and I was just like, this is amazing. And then I just kind of like shelved it. Yeah. You know, like I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can explore right. at any given time, but, but yeah, you know, um, I think about like how how sensitive I personally am to light and sound and I um and I you know I found that me personally different lighting and I I realize a lot of people are this way whether they've figured it out or not or observed it within themselves but certain lighting allows me to do certain things uh certain lighting makes me nervous Certain lighting makes me very relaxed, yeah. you know, yep. and, and it doesn't, it, it isn't even necessarily like incandescent versus fluorescent. Uh, although those, you know, fluorescent lights are really strange to me because that was when I was young, uh, that was the first light I could hear. And, um, and I was like, why, why am I hearing this? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it makes so much more sense. It's a, ter- it's such a bad light. It like, is terrible. It, it's, it makes me want to die. Yeah, it is. It, and like the, the conspiracy mind is like, oh, I bet that was done on purpose. But I'm like, you know, that's giving people too much credit. Like I, I think modern man is, um, is maybe not as wise in some ways. Um, as as what it appears primitive man might have been um or at least not wise to the natural world around them you know <clears throat> well i mean it's you know i also think about light and creativity or light and you know that, that really interests me mm-hmm. as well because i'm like 
there are certain times where you go in certain places and you get a this feeling of just like absolute serenity and mm. you don't know it's the light yeah uh, but it's it's not any specific or special type of light right it's just the orientation of the lighting in the room yep. where it's placed how what it's reflecting off of i'm not really sure yeah. because i've noticed this upstairs i'll take like we have this giant light you know the ones that hang over Oh, like over a couch or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have that, and we move it every year for to put the Christmas tree up. Mm -hmm. So, like, every time we move that light over to the other side of the room, I have an absolute 180-degree turn in the way that I feel in that room. Crazy. Every year. Every year. Yeah. And we've done it. We've moved it just on the off times of that too and it's the same way it's just like this it's not the time of year it's not because the it's the location of where that light is and how it's hitting my presence yeah i don't know what it is yeah it's unexplained same light same everything and then when it's right over me i feel not so awesome it went so long i gotta type my password in. oh dang it I need to start um, 123 minutes. Oh, Jesus. That's two hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 1219. What the hell? Good thing I don't have an appointment. Oh.